Welcome to Catch These Vibes. This is Charmonique, and I'm bringing you another 90s themed episode. So we are going to be talking about Stir of Echoes. This movie came out in 1999. This is episode 22. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I can't remember if I said that already, but I'm saying it again because I am very thankful for you all listening and supporting and just fucking with the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. So let's go ahead and get into the movie. So this movie was directed by David Coop. Um, It's based off a novel written by Richard Matheson. Let me just go through the cast. So we have Kevin Bacon. He's Tom. Um, Zachary David Cope. He plays Jake, which is the uh, Kevin's son or Tom's son. And then we have his Tom's wife, played by Catherine Irby. She plays Maggie. And then we have Alina Douglas. Um, we also have Kevin Dunn, uh, Conroe Farrell. Let me see anyone else I recognize. Jennifer Morrison, Larry Newman Jr. Ooh, Liza Will. I don't know why I thought her name was something different. She kind of reminds me of Brie Larson. And it's that Brie Larson and somebody else. I can't really think of her name right now. But yeah, so that's pretty much the cast there. Obviously, there's more people, but those are like the main people and people that I recognize. I wanted to just talk about Kevin Bacon before we really get into the movie. So I really like Kevin in this movie. So I wanted to just give this man his flowers and take a look at his filmography. You know how we always do. So let's go ahead and start. But I would, you know, I love starting in the 90s because that's, you know, that's the era that we're talking about. But I also like to take a look at where they you know, where they got their start. So let's go to the beginning. So he was in National Lampoon's Animal House in 1978. So that looks like that was his first movie. He was in Friday the 13th. That came out in 1980. And I I do remember that one and him in that. Footloose, 1984. Um, Let's go ahead and scroll to the 90s. So we have Tremors, 1990, Flatliners, He Says, She Said, JFK, A Few Good Men, which came out in 1992, The Air Up There, 1994, Murder in the First, 1995, Balto, 1995, Sleepers, 1996, Wild Things. Oh, he was a detective? Okay, I remember that. Is it the detective? Yeah, I'm guessing it's the detective. I mean, I ain't seen Wild Things in a long time, so I could be wrong, but he's in a suit on the poster, so I'm guessing he's like, you know, something along the lines of that. But I just, I ain't seen it, so I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. All right, so 1999, Stir of Echoes. So that is our feature film this episode. All right, so let's go ahead and just get into the shits. Let's get into this review and what I think about this movie, what I like about this movie, and what this movie's about. And for those who have not seen it, please, these episodes, 
spoiler alert. Um, and I tried to get the, I will, first of all, I'll put the schedule out. So that way, you know, ahead of time, like what is going to be coming your way. So if you like to keep up with the episodes and if you're somebody who would like to watch the movies before the episode comes out, then, you know, make sure you do that. So check out Stir of Echoes if you want to and come back and listen to this episode or you know just enjoy this episode and check it out if you want to or not it is what it is whatever you feel like doing no pressure all right so this movie is about um this man this man named tom after he is hypnotized by his sister-in-law that he begins to start seeing haunting visions of a girl's ghost and a mystery begins to unfold around him so his sister-in-law, played by Eliana Douglas, she is, I don't know, like a hip, what is it? A hypnosis? A hypnotist? Yeah. She does like shit like that. Um, I don't want to say witchy stuff, but like very into all, all of that jazz. Like she's, you know, one of those people who see things differently and maybe you can like open your your eyes up to different things so that's pretty much what she did to Tom played by Kevin Bacon um so he was just this person who was just like ah I don't believe in that hypnosis stuff like that's a lot of crap like like it's it doesn't really work you know and so he volunteers for her to um, hypnotize him so she does it it really works <laughs> so he starts uh immediately like that night he starts seeing things and his son Jake he is he kind of reminds me of the little boy off of the sixth cent as far as like his, his sixth sense, having that sixth sense and having that ability to like, what is it like? I don't know. What would you call it? Like, like I would say like walking two planes, like being able to communicate with the living and also the dead. So you know how uh, Cole you know, he had those that that sixth sense, those that's what those abilities in the movie. I would say that that's pretty much how Jake is in Stir of Echoes. Um, he's just a little bit younger. He the son is already like experiencing these things. He's already like got that sixth sense. And from the very beginning and the start of the movie, you can kind of see him like talking, um, talking to himself. It's like, you don't really know, like, is he speaking to, like, a imaginary friend? Like, what's really going on with this little boy? But as the movie develops, you start to see that he he sees, you know, sees a lot of things that not everybody sees. Only certain people see, you know, certain things, you know? So he's he's got that, I don't know, is it a gift? I mean, that makes maybe some people would look at it as a gift. Some people might look at it as a curse. Because, I mean, especially being that young to experience, like, you know, seeing those 
scary things and having to, you know, immediately be brave, like at such a young age, because you're seeing different things and it can be really, really scary. But he, he was a really brave little boy. Very, very brave. And he's probably one of my favorite, uh, favorite characters of this movie. So after Tom experiences being hypnotized, he immediately starts seeing different things, having different visions, seeing this this girl on his sit on his couch, just appear and disappear, not really knowing like who is this girl. And obviously he is so his mind is just like open. Like his sister-in-law opened a door. And now that that door is opened, he has to walk through it, I guess, and see, like, you know, what's in the door. (laughs) So he just is experiencing different visions and just seeing some wild shit. So they, um, so Tom and his wife, Maggie, they go on a date. And they, so Maggie, she was looking for a babysitter and Jake, he recommends a babysitter. Uh, I believe her name was Debbie. So he's, he overhears his mom trying to find a babysitter. And so he suggests a babysitter and her name is Debbie. So Debbie comes and she babysits uh Jake. But wait, let me back up a little bit. So when when Jake recommended Debbie to his mom, he said it like Samantha told me, um, you know, Debbie's a good babysitter. Call call Debbie, you know? So his mom was just like, Samantha, like who's Samantha? Like what what are you talking about? But so she calls and that works out. They're able to go out on their date. At this point, like I've already mentioned, um, Tom, he's seeing a lot of things. He's seeing, it could be like something very minimal, like a a red light, like a, a, a light fixture shaded in just a red tint. He was he was seeing different things and he, he starts to see these red lights and he, he knows that something is wrong. So Debbie basically kidnaps Jake because Jake tells her that he spoke to Samantha and come to find out Samantha is Debbie's sister who gone who went missing six months prior and so obviously she doesn't you know her sister hasn't been found there's no no body no nothing so she has no idea where you know it's her sister and she's missing so having someone especially a little kid because with little kids they're so impressionable and they see different things and we may not know that they're looking but you know they see things so she's thinking oh you you seen Samantha like what like obviously her mind starts going to different things like was my sister here Did, did they do something to her so what she immediately does is takes Jake takes him to the train station uh, the train station um she goes there to find her mom and she wants you know to jake to tell her mom 
what he told her. And she's just like, you know, he said he saw Samantha. He saw Samantha. So, of course, she's freaking out. They was over there on a day doing their thing. And then he 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 just something comes over him and he he sees he starts seeing them red lights and the red lights starts. Well, actually, he runs all the way home because they weren't far from the house. So he runs home. He sees that his son is indeed gone. So he just starts running. You know, he just runs in the direction that he his body leads him. And then he just starts seeing like this red shade in the area of, you know, the right direction. So it's just leading him in the right direction to find his son. So he finds him at the train station and, you know, Debbie is frantic and like, you know, this little boy said he saw my sister. Like, why is he, how does he know her? Like, why did he say that? Like, I need answers. And, you know, they obviously like, wait, you just kidnapped my child. Like, what what are you talking about? But once he realizes, once Tom realizes that it's about Samantha and they see the picture of Samantha, he's able to be able to put two and two together and like see that that's the girl that he's been seeing. Like, that's the girl that he saw on his couch. He felt like, I mean, obviously he's like, okay, that's, that's weird. That's can be a coincidence. They don't press charges and, you know, they, you know, let it be or leave it right there. They get their son back and that's it. Once that happens, he's obviously very, very curious about what is this, what does this really mean? Like, why am I seeing this girl and come to find out she's missing? So, like, what's really going on here? And so he just becomes very obsessive and tries to do different things to see her again. You know, obviously he wants answers. Hang on, hang on. Let me get my bearings here. I have a, I have absolutely no caffeine in my system. No. Okay. You're asking me if I gave you a post post-hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, I know what it's called. Did you leave anything else behind when you were kicking your clumsy ass feet around inside my brain? Nothing. Tell the truth. Tom, please, this is insulting. You know, I have done this before. Okay, good. I, I, was, I was just making sure. And it was just a harmless one anyway. What? Did it actually work? What did you say? I don't want to tell you. You're grouchy. Lisa, I swear to God. Well, you know, I've always said I think you need to be a little more open-minded, right? Yeah. Right, so I just said that. After you wake up, your mind will be completely open, like an open door, open to receive everything around you or words to that. What's that supposed to do? Oh, fuck, I know. I never said it before. Why? Did something happen? Jesus Christ. Relax. Okay, I opened a door, that's all. You know, therapists do it all the time. It releases repressed memories, latent abilities, whatever you got back there. In your case, it was probably old Mannix reruns. Yeah, I gotta get back to it. Okay, well, alrighty then. And I also wanted to add that when Debbie came to their house to babysit Jake, he once Tom opened the door, he saw the, I want to say it's like a, you know how like a, a negative picture looks, only it's a red tint. So once she appeared at the door, her face just turned into this, that red tint. And then so he was just like, 
obviously like, what the fuck? Why? What's going on? And it kept happening on her face. And so he obviously was feeling something like, um, I'm not really comfortable with leaving our kid here when I'm feeling, you know, feeling weird and seeing things. But it's like he couldn't really describe what was going on. He couldn't say, oh, I don't, I just got a weird feeling. You know what I'm saying? So he already, at that point, he left the house already feeling eerie and on high alert. And then as he kept, you know, seeing those red tints as he walked to wherever they was going, he knew, okay, something going on. And that's why he had ran back to the house. So I just wanted to point that out. All right. So once they go to the train station, they figure out that Debbie is Samantha's uh, sister. And so now it's like, who is this Samantha person? And and so they try to question Jake about it. And he wasn't really, he didn't really want to talk about it because it scared his mom. So he was a really smart little boy, very intelligent little boy, um, very brave. And he knew that, you know, not everybody can handle certain truths. And he knew that, I guess he was just trying to be a kid protective over his mom and protect her because he knew that, you know, that type of stuff scared her. Tom, he just, he starts, he's pretty much, you know, just hallucinating and seeing different things. He keeps having these situations where he's not sure if he's awake or if he's asleep or something is really happening. And so he has this, this moment where he wakes up and a sequence of events happen. And then he finds himself back in the spot where he woke up. And it's like those same sequence of events happened again, only a little bit differently. So the first in the first time the sequence of events happens, he wakes up, he gets his boot under the chair. He goes upstairs and finds a note from his wife. And then he goes downstairs and sees his neighbor, Frank, down there. Um, and so at that point, he says, what did he say? He said, so Frank told Tom, girl, Frank told Tom that they're, they're going to try to kill you. And he's just obviously like, what? what are you talking about? Like, why would you say something like that? And so he feels the need to go check on Frank's wife. So he goes to the house and see if his wife is there. Her name's Sheila. And he finds his son. So remember, this is the first sequence of events. And so once he finds Frank's son there with a gun, um, his son shoots himself. And then that's when he wakes up back at that same spot that you was originally at and so the same sequence of events happens the only thing that's different is he doesn't see Frank but he knows that what he just dreamt is reoccurring because he looks under the chair finds his boot he goes upstairs and sees the note and then he comes downstairs there's no Frank but obviously he still has that feeling so he, he retraces his steps and starts, he still sees the same sequence of events. The only thing is missing that is Frank is not there. And then so as he's walking 
to Frank's house. He hears that gunshot and Adam was, yeah, Adam, his son, Frank's son, Adam shot himself. So at this point, he's starting to see things before it happens. He's starting to feel things. He's starting to be able to predict things. Like he just gets this sixth scent that his his son has also. And this is all because his his sister-in-law opened his mind and opened this door to, you know, allow these types of visions to, to come through, these types of hallucinations. Tom, he was just somebody who felt like he was ordinary. Like he was just an electrician. He didn't really have much going on. He wanted more. And once this situation came about, he made it like his mission to basically solve solve the the crime, solve the 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 problem. And the problem is he's seeing things and he wants to know why he's seeing things. He wants to know why he's seeing this girl. So he takes that on like, okay, this is what I'm, I'm meant to do. Like I'm meant to figure this out. I'm meant to find this girl. So when Tom's sister-in-law hypnotized him, when she was doing it, she told him, look, you're going to see a big screen and it's like a like a movie theater. That's what it looks like. And it's this this big screen. It's white. And as he got closer to the to the screen, the word says sleep. So that became like a reoccurring thing. Like he would have that same type of dream where he's sitting in that room with that big screen, and then he would see a word on that screen. And so he that happened, and the word that appeared on the screen was dig. So he just starts digging. He starts digging. And y'all, I skipped some stuff. So if y'all want to know what else happens, uh, check out the movie. But yeah, I'm just going to skip to this part. So he sees the word dig and that makes him him start digging to figure out like, what the fuck, what what does this mean? Like, why am I digging? What am I digging for? I don't know, but I'm going to dig. So he's basically fucking up his house. He starts in the backyard and even has his son helping him. And he's just digging and digging. He goes inside of the house. He starts digging up the floorboards and um, and then he goes into another room and then he ends up in the basement. So he's in the basement and he's digging on the ground. As he's trying to, as he's hammering the ground, he, when he pulls up his hammer, he knocks a, a hole in the wall. And so he's like, hmm, okay, let me dig in, into this wall and see, you know, if there's something I find. And what do you know? He finds Samantha. He finds her body. So once he finds her body, he he touches it and he has the vision and sees exactly what happened to her. So one day, Samantha, she was walking. She was, mm, they want, they called her retarded, but you know, and that's not, you know, not a good word to say, but that's what they called her in the movie. And I don't, I didn't really see anything that like, like, I'm not sure why they said that maybe because she was maybe a little odd or a little weird and awkward, but they called her slow. And so 
she's walking and the house that before Tom moved into their house, I, I guess it was like vacant and it was like the kicking spot. So Adam and the other boy, I don't know what his name, I don't remember his name, but it was two boys in the neighborhood who are sons of Tom's friends in the neighborhood. So they were there drinking, being teenagers, and they they give this attention to Samantha, that attention that she didn't really get. And so she didn't really know what to do with it. And she kind of just fell into a trap that kind of got her into a situation that unfortunately led to her death. It was an accident. Regardless of the accident, though, they were trying to take advantage of her, especially, you know, somebody who people would regard as quote unquote slow. They didn't have no business messing with that girl or telling her to come in, you know, in the house and, and drink and, you know, filling up on her and doing stuff like that. So that's what they end up doing. And I think she she hits her head on the ground and then they end up suffocating her like a dumbass and then she dies. And it's just like, what the fuck did you expect? You're holding a plastic um plastic wrap over her face. Like what what, what did you think was gonna happen? So they uh, they start freaking out and they put her body into the basement wall. And so her body's just been sitting there for six months while they living in the house. They and so that's why Jake was able to communicate with her because her body was in their house. As she was about to leave, her son told her to grab her purse. And he also told her that he did not want to leave with her because of the feathers. It's like, because of the feathers? Like, what are you talking about? Jake, he says a lot of little different things and you don't really know or understand why he's saying it, but it comes out it's for a reason, like his foresight and he knows like he he's able to see like, okay, this is how this is going to play out. Very similar to how Tom um, is after his hypnotism. So I, that's those little things like are just so I think genius about this movie. And it's just like, it doesn't really make sense. But then when you get to that point where it makes sense of what was said. It's just like, wow, that's that's crazy. So he says, because of the feathers, mom, I'm 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 staying here. You can go, but make sure you grab your purse. And he made sure that she grabbed her purse because he knew she was going to need something out of it. So she drives to back home to get her husband because she like, I need you to be here with me. You gonna have to stop what you're doing and come be with me. I'm not taking no for an answer. So she 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 drives home and gets there right on time because if she would have came a second later and didn't honk her horn in time to distract the neighbors from shooting her husband and he would have been dead. Um, a confrontation ensues. Some gunshots are fired. And Frank, the neighbor, um, he ends up coming 
and shoots the neighbors that were trying to um, kill Maggie and Tom. And so you go, you can go back to when Tom was having that. What 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 would you call it? like a premonition? I guess in a sense, when the sequence of events occurred while he was asleep, and Frank was in there, and he told them, he told him, um, they're going to try to kill you. They were going to try to kill you. But then when that sequence of events of events happened again and Frank wasn't in there that second time, it was just like, okay, what was the purpose of that? But then at the end of the movie, that exact thing happens. He, he shoots, he comes and saves them and shoots the son, the neighbor's son and his dad. And then we see him on the porch saying they were going to shoot you, which is what he had already had a premonition premonition that was going to happen. So how everything just comes full circle. I just really love that about this movie. I love movies where the character has to like solve something, like has to put all the pieces together and figure things out and it creates this big picture of like, you know, what the fuck? Like what the fuck happened? These kids in the neighborhood killed this girl, hit her body, their parents covered it up you know, to save their ass, and they got caught, they got found out, and all because Tom got his mind opened, because he got his mind opened due to this hypnotism, he was able to find her body and let her be able to rest peacefully. So that's Stir of Echoes, y'all. Check it out. It's a really, really good movie. I love it. I love thrillers and movies like this that really make you, you know, think. And I don't think when I first saw this, I predicted this shit at all. Like, to be honest, I love movies that, you know, aren't predictable. Okay, and I forgot one more thing before I go into the did you know facts. So I have to you know, say that the reason why Jake said because of the feathers, like he wasn't, he wasn't trying to roll back with his mom to the crib because of the feathers is because when the neighbor was trying to shoot Tom and Maggie, the gun goes off and it goes, shoots up into the ceiling. And that, that bullet goes into Jake's bed into his pillow and then there's feathers so he he knew that was going to happen and if he was there then that bullet would have got him right in the head so that's crazy all right so let's go ahead and get into wait i wanted to talk about the director and the screenwriter uh david cope and just what else he's done. So he did the screenplay for Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Ghost Town, uh, The Mummy that came out in 2017, Jack Ryan, The Little Engine That Could movie, Indiana Jones, the Lego version. So I'm, we must I'm, we must have talked about him before because, hmm, 
Oh, he also did the screenplay for Secret Window, Spider-Man, Panic Room, Cage, Snake Eyes. Okay. All right, Mr. David. And then I also want to mention that the novel was written by Richard Matheson. And let's look at what else he's done. Anything else that... Oh, he did he did the real still short story. I like that movie. My son used to watch it a lot. Uh he wrote the novel for I Am Legend. What Dreams May Come. The Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah, so he's done a lot of um this this type of genre um movies and books. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the Did You Know trivia. So in the hypnotism flashback scene, there is a scene of a safety pin being stuck through Tom's hand. This was not a special effect. A stuntman was paid to come in and have a safety pin pushed through his hand for the scene. So that's when she does, Lisa, his sister-in-law, does the hypnotism. She hypnotizes him and she puts the uh, pen through his, his hand, which obviously he was being hypnotized, so he didn't react to it. In the scene where Tom gets angry after digging in the backyard and kicks the bucket towards the wall, it was not supposed to hit the hit and break the window. This was a happy accident and it was used in the film as Kevin Bacon stayed in character and continued the scene. The hypnosis sequence in which Tom is hypnotized for the first time follows actual hypnosis techniques used by professional hypnotists in order to ensure that the audience hasn't been put to sleep and some susceptible, susceptible people have been. There's a musical accent at the close of the sequence to wake everyone up. So that's interesting. They was really trying to hypnotize folks. On the couch, the babysitter reads The Shrinking Man by Richard Matheson, author of Serve Echoes. Okay, I didn't even see the title of her book. That's cool. I like how they did that. When they were setting up the scene where Maggie leaves Jake at her relative's house, it was realized that they had gone over the number of hours that child actor, uh, the child actor that plays Jake could work. So due to strict Hollywood child labor laws, there was a certain amount of hours that child actors were able to work. So crew members had to run from house to house in the neighborhood they were filming in to find a child who looked enough like him to appear as a background character. So after their parents' approval and a very quick haircut, um, he, that random kid was able to get the, help them get the complete shot. So the scene where Maggie is sitting in the car in the rain was shot on a night when it actually was raining very heavily, but the rain did not look real on film. So the crew had to set up an awning to cover the car from the rain, then rig up rain, making equipment under the awning to achieve the look of a real rain. If you want to do achieve the look of a real uh, rain, that's how you do it. My bad, I just got a text message. <laughs> um, so a lot of people on blogs have wondered how the creep walk was filmed. Here's the secret. So 
The speed of the camera was sped up and the actress was told to walk as slowly but to appear as naturally as possible. Then when it was time to edit the scene in, they played the footage at normal speed and all the imperfections in her walk add to the beauty of how creepy it looks. So I was like these details. It says in an earlier version of David Culp's script, there were some important differences from the finished movie. Maggie Whiskey's hypnotist sister, Lisa, was actually a brother called Philip. To find out what was wrong with him, Tom Whiskey had an MRI scan done by a cousin of Maggie's, a neurologist named Elizabeth. We found out that Tom Whiskey had first met his wife while working as a lifeguard. His psychic abilities helped save her from drowning. Instead of accusing the Whiskies of having something to do with her sister's disappearance, the young baby sister was worried they were abusing their son. Tom found out she was being abused by her stepfather and chased him out of town. Hmm. Okay. At the end of the movie, Maggie gave birth to a girl with the same psychic, psychic abilities as the couple's son. Well, we don't really get... So in the beginning of the movie, we find out that Maggie is pregnant. But by the end of the movie, we we don't even see her showing. So I don't know how much time has passed. Because once that situation happens, and then at the end of the closing of the movie, we see that they're moving. But it couldn't have been too much time that, you know, passed. Because you don't even we don't even see her stomach her pregnant stomach showing or anything. So I'm guessing it wasn't too much, too much time that didn't uh, went by after the movie ended. So that would have been interesting to see that part. I would have liked that ending, uh, seeing her have the baby. And But I mean, how would they would have done it? Because they would have had to make the movie a little bit longer. We would have had to see the baby, the child, grow up and then somehow be let known that the girl has psychic powers as well. Jake Whiskey watches the mummy shrewd on television when his mother tells him to turn it off. Night of the Living Dead then appears on every channel as he attempts to turn off the television. Contrary to popular belief and the accepted myth, Hypnosis is not like it is portrayed on TV. No hypnotist can make you bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken if you don't want to. It's more of a very relaxed state in which a skilled hypnotist can reach recesses of your mind and help you recall details of memories that you would have otherwise forgotten. Anytime you see on TV where someone says a keyword and someone else clucks like a chicken is absolutely fake and false. It's not. It's just not how it works. So in fact, most of the time, most patients know that they are under hypnosis, but just feel as if they are in a very relaxed state and very subjective. It's a very different experience than what you see in the movies and on TV. So you may see many similarities to The Shining and think it took from it. In fact, it's the opposite. Stir of Echoes was a novel written in 1958 by the great Richard Matheson. If anything, Stephen King borrowed from Matheson.
that is a wrap for this episode thank you so much for listening please tune in next week we will be doing another 90s movie and make sure that you're following on ig catch these vibes pod that way you can see first of all check out my page aesthetic it's like really consistent and just it's just dope i really like it and i'm really proud of it so check it out for that reason but also so that you can stay in the loop and i post the i did post the schedule so that way you'll know what to expect what's to come and you can watch the movie ahead of time if you would like to that's an option for you so as always enjoy the rest of your week i hope you enjoyed this episode and love peace and air grease